This is MIA2K Podcast, and we are your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We are your pilots, Kathy and Laura, two fun-seeking girls with obsessive fandom tendencies, taking you on a ride through the Hollywood wave from our perspective as opinionated, grown Latina fans from Miami. Before we close the cabin doors, make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you like to watch, our in-flight podcast video is available on YouTube and Spotify. Once we reach our cruising altitude, we'll be serving one thing and one thing only, piping hot tea. We're ready to fly into today's topic with our hot and sunny takes. So fasten your seatbelt, sit back, relax, and prepare for takeoff. Hi, guys. This week, we're coming at you with the second episode of our company-specific series where we deep dive into South Korea's entertainment agencies. We want to remind you that some of these episodes might deal with delicate subjects like child labor, body autonomy, grooming, personal freedom, disorderly eating, body dysmorphia, and a lot of other serious and potentially dark topics. So please be alert to our content warnings to skip a section. I don't think we have too much to worry about today, but we still wanted to disclaim just in case we go down those paths. So with all that said, today we're focusing on JYP Entertainment and JYP The Man. It's going to be really hard to like differentiate what we're talking about. Right. I think it happened with YG too. Like thankfully the other companies, I mean, SM does have Lee Suman, but it doesn't really. Not the same. It's not the same. It's not as hard to differentiate. I'll probably say JYPE and JYP. Yeah, we'll do our best. (laughs) So as we did with our YG episode, before we start, we just wanted to give like a little brief history on JYP Entertainment. It was founded April 25th, 1997 by Park Jin-young, JYP, the man. (laughs) And its current CEO is Jungwook, I think is how you pronounce it. Currently, the majority owner is JYP the person with 15% and the second other biggest shareholder is National Pension Service with about 7% which honestly I think it's pretty interesting because it just gives the vibes that JYP is stable stable. investment Mm -hmm. right since we're talking about ownership and stuff JYP actually benefited from the burning sun scandal because Koreans started to place more trust in JYP away from YG and a lot of other people yeah and if you don't know what the burning sun scandal definitely go check out our episode on YG entertainment which came out a couple of weeks ago and we will link in the description, as well as from the video component you're watching now at the top right corner. In terms of JYP entertainment going public, when I was doing my research, because this is a topic that really interests me, don't ask me why, because I don't know anything about finance. She's an economy girly. (laughs) But it was something that really interested me. It wasn't as clear cut to find the information as it was when I was looking up YG. Basically, if I'm understanding all of the financial vocabulary correctly, JYP went public in like a backdoor type of way. Mm -hmm. They tried to do it the more normal way, quote unquote, um, and they were shut down like YG was at the beginning. And what it seems they did was they bought a company that was already being publicly traded And then eventually merged that with JYP Entertainment. And that's how they became to be publicly traded. Yeah. Do not quote me on that because it was a lot of like financial jargon that I didn't understand. But that was the gist that I 
understood. Yeah. At the time, it seemed like they were also not in a super well-positioned economic situation. So they were getting investment by other companies, and those companies were trying to block them from going public. So they did have quite a bit of hurdles to get by or through. And that's why, what like Laura is saying, they had to go through a backdoor stock, I think it's called. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is pretty interesting considering that they are now considered... <laughs> I know I said considered twice, but it's interesting because right now they're considered a pretty trustworthy investment. Yeah. So it's crazy the 180 that JYP Entertainment did in 100%. that sense. Mm -hmm. Kathy was looking up like how much their stocks are worth and it was like, what was it? So today it's, which we're recording a week before this episode goes live. It was at one fifteen hundred thousand one per stock which is over double what it was at this point last year. And it literally jumped from 92,001 in early May. Probably we're assuming because of the announcement of Stray Kids' comeback in June, the stock jumped from 92,000 to one something. So that was a, one of the biggest jumps, but it's a, it does look like a very reliable stock that is just on the rise consistently. For the mm -hmm. past three years, it's been going up and somebody somewhere in one of the articles that we read wrote that at some point in 2015, the stock was valued at 3,001 per share. So knowing that it went from 3,001 to 115,000 right now in the span of eight-ish years, I mean, you know, could have been a, a faster climb, but still it's, it's pretty notable. So, right. And I also saw on, in an article that one of the main reasons why JYP was able to have this steady climb was when Twice became more popular overseas, it kind of created more profit for JYP yeah. Entertainment, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there it's really funny because again, we we do quite a bit of research to do these episodes, and so there's a whole bunch of threads about which group saved JYP from bankruptcy, and you'll find a different answer depending on who wrote the the whatever we found. So there's a lot of, you know, God 7 saved JYP, Stray Kids saved JYP, Twice saved JYP. But what it seems like at the beginning, the, the real, during the real almost bankruptcy time and during the real financial struggles, the group that really came through and, and pulled JYP out of the mud was 2 p.m. So mm -hmm. yeah, it just depends. JYP had different eras. They, they, were, they right. were on their struggle era in a few <laughs> different times during their... <laughs> during the past decade mm -hmm. and you know all the groups that they had came through at the right time for them right. to just make them explode more positively and one last thing that i wanted to mention because when we heard about it last year we were like oh my god this is so innovative it makes so much sense so however when's it gonna happen it was basically in august 22 of last year jyp said that they were not going to have more physical cds everything was going to be digital except for like the photo cards and stuff which is all we care they, about anyway right because they wanted to be more environmentally conscious however since that announcement twice has dropped one physical cd or one album with a cd stray kids has dropped two itsy has dropped two and Extra extraordinary heroes, which I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing. I'm sorry. Drop two two and end mix two. So like, 
when is this gonna stop like when are we gonna get the digital all men do is lie and that's <laughs> all we got from jyp entertainment because yeah we were i i have this like very passionate relationship with sustainability and trying not to be a super big capitalist consumer thrower away of things and i like save every plastic water bottle that i can so literally this announcement made me so happy last year and i was hoping that other companies would follow suit but jyp is not even following itself so who the fuck no. is gonna follow behind them no one and i when i was looking at this to like prove that he was a liar basically <laughs> i i didn't take into consideration comebacks or albums that came out close to August mm -hmm. because usually it takes a lot of prep time mm -hmm. so I assumed okay if it's close to August they probably had this in the works for a while but towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year like I mean they could have changed it already you know what I mean yeah so failed just wanted to should mm -hmm. be just horrible no anyway <laughs> that's the little blurb on JYP, the company. And I think like we did with YG, we also need to talk about JYP, the man. <laughs> he is very intrinsically intertwined with the company. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody can really separate the two. And I think that happens with a lot of idol companies like Korean entertainment companies yeah the head or the founder is very much one with the company even if they're not currently the acting CEO right and with with again with YG and JYP the fact that the companies are named after them it just makes it that much more impossible to separate the two it's true so before this episode I have ne never really researched JYP the man because like why would I <laughs> not interesting <laughs> don't care <laughs> so when I was doing the research I came up with the fact that he's been married twice and has two kids I immediately texted Kathy and I'm like JYP has children and is married and we were both shook bamboozled like, shook was not expecting that I really yeah. thought he was like the singlest of singleton bachelors that like could never ever bamboozle someone and to marry him or bearing his children and yeah think think i'm the worst person for saying something like that but i have my reasons but yeah i really was not expecting that i don't know why i had this like well i know why i had the impression that he was you know the bachelor of korea but yeah no we were wrong and he actually um publicly showed his two daughters last year during his gotta get gotta get my groove back um he had like a presentation or concert in seoul and in the middle of the concert his children just walked up on stage that's cute just walked up it was totally planned um and then he was like oh children these are mine <laughs> these are mine i bought these these are mine so that's kind of interesting it is it was definitely news to us drop a comment or let us know somewhere in dms if you knew that jyp was married with kids twice married by the way not just once but twice he debuted as part of a group in 1992 but he really didn't get notoriety until 1994 with a solo debut he which I, we knew this but it's you know there's a saying that says show me the people you hang out with 
and I'll tell you the person you are. JYP is best friends with <laughs> Bank PD from Hybe. And they've been besties for a very long time. Matter of fact, I think Bank PD says that JYP helped him yeah. a lot when he first started with Big Hit. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, Bank PD fully worked for JYP. So That's true. when when Bank PD decided to venture out on his own thing and have Big Hit, and then JYP was like, you know what? I'll throw you one of my groups and we can like, quote unquote, co-manage so you can learn the ropes and try to get some money like, that's a true friend right there. So, you know, not that I understand the friendship, but it got us to where we are today. So thank you, JYP, I guess. <laughs> he is a prolific producer. That's something that can't, like, you can't deny. He has produced. But I will try my hardest to deny. <laughs> I, he has produced a shit ton of songs, not yes. just for himself and the idols in his company, but also for, like, random international stars like he produced a song for will smith cassie if you're a millennial you'll know who cassie is yeah and i think there was somebody else but i can't actually remember who yeah but i just thought that was a lot of people yeah and just to clarify i'm not trying to deny <laughs> his accomplishments as a producer i'm just mad at him because he puts down the idols in his company over their productions because mm -hmm. he thinks he's the best yeah. And he needs mm -hmm. to pipe the fuck down. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm saying that. He did a song with, actually with Conan O'Brien when he did the Korea special, which I also thought was interesting. But as Kathy mentioned, when, when, when I was talking to her about this, she was like, that makes all the sense. And yeah. it really does. Once you watch the video, it, it really does make a lot of sense. Aside from like these little tidbits, he has had some controversies. He had a presentation where his background dancers were wearing blackface. And I tried to look for videos of this, but it was actually really hard to find. I only found this one tweet that had a picture of it. And I don't know, it gave me, he tried very hard to erase this from the internet vibes. Makes sense. His other big scandal or controversy is his consistent sexualizing of minors. A lot of the first concepts for some of the girl groups that he has debuted under JYP Entertainment have had very adult themes or adult looks when they're only 14, 15 years old. Mm. So it's just very icky. Very, yeah. very icky. Again, when I was looking for backup for this it was really hard to find actual articles or stuff that was outside of just fans noticing these things and kind of compiling lists together yeah, um, it's mostly like western netizens that have right. raised their voices against what we know is an issue because of wokeness in the west but it's something that's been very accepted in south korea and it's just par for the course so it hasn't really been an issue when when laura called it a a scandal or controversy is because we tried really hard to dig up dirt on him and see like what he's about but these aren't actual issues like controversies or things that he has been forced to speak about or be like can you make a statement about how you sexualize Susie or whatever it hasn't happened no one has ever asked for that and it's just we know that those are not okay like those instances of him over sexualizing his female young idols it's not cool, but it's just something that not only him, but everyone in the industry just gets away with, unfortunately. Um, and then finally, 
one of the other scandals, controversies that he was involved in, which is at this point still just allegedly because he denies the allegations. Basically, he dispatch came out with this super lengthy report where they asserted that JYP is part of a cult, not a Christian cult, but it's a religious cult. They basically, in this report, Dispatch showed their reasoning as to why they alleged that this is truth. Basically, they caught him going to Bible studies that were in the building owned by a member of the cult. They compared his teachings to the teachings of the cult and they were very similar jyp did come and condemn dispatch for quote-unquote telling lies and affecting his company because when this came out the stock prices went down so it, it's just at this point he said she said sort of thing but it hasn't really been like a whole thing there's something about if it's been talked about so much if there's so much like alleged almost receipts or whatever it gives you something to think that it might be true we just can't say for sure yeah and then recently this this controversy is kind of funny but stupid he did have the comeback with groove back and he had like a challenge and he had people that actually participated in the challenge and instead of being thankful that people were participating on the challenge he started mocking people for doing the challenge wrong and he like posted it in his stories and like gave like sassy commentary like unnecessary i think the issue with jyp is that his perception of himself is not what the public's perception of him mm -hmm. is instead of it being like you know an intersection is more of like a juxtaposition of different self images that right. are associated with him so he thinks he's like this cool guy who like speaks english and can relate to the western kids and is sassy and can be like, uh-huh, no, and he can't. He really can't. It doesn't suit him. It doesn't go with his persona, his power, or anything. So when right. he went on his stories and he was like, you need the help so people like you can, like, it's just the wording that he used and the way that he said it, that it just turned people off and rubbed them the wrong way, rightfully so. And then everybody started mocking him for right. his stupid way of going about this because again like laura said shockingly enough people actually wanted to participate in the, in the challenge and then he's gonna come out and correct people on how to do it like you're not an idol sir you don't have this power like no we actually have the screenshots of it which we will post on our blog just so you can so you guys can see what kind of shit he was saying which is ridiculous yeah. also during his comeback he actually had a u.s tour <laughs> <laughs> which again why i still can't believe that actually <laughs> happened i i can't there is actually a couple of tiktoks of people that went to the concert so and much footage it is hilarious not only did he cover his own songs but he covered songs from artists under jyp and it was a mess listen first of all he had two shows he had one in la and one in new york the struggle to sell seats to those shows like mama unheard of no one has struggled that hard in their lives and yeah he they ended up having to put like tickets on groupon and then they were giving them out for free so people like so they could actually fill the both of the venues 
and people were going mostly for the fun of it like to make fun of the situation like yes there were some probably like korean parents like boomers or whatever that actually were kind of excited to see someone their age you know from korea coming to do a show in the states so they they went on ironically but most of the audience was there very ironically or just to like witness everything and this man i swear to god he literally like had the balls to call out his idols during shows or in shoots about not breathing properly or not sounding good enough for him and the way he literally kept apologizing because <laughs> his voice was cracking and not like good at all during his shows and don't tell me that it's like oh he, ha he was having a bad day no like this was it was proof that he literally can't do half of what he demands of people so yeah his his little u.s tour and I put that in very big quotation marks because I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't it. And I, I told Laura a million times, if I were gifted tickets to go, I wouldn't go on principle. Laura said she would. I would. Yeah, I, I would not. <laughs> it was the tour, quote unquote, was very much a rich man just wanting to live his idol fantasy. Yeah. He is currently estimated to be worth about $250 million. And I'm pretty sure he used some of that money to just do shows in America because that's what idols do. And he wanted to live his idol life. Like the fact that he fully brought Itzy and had them in the in the middle of Venice Beach doing like the groove back challenge and other <laughs> things like just poor, poor girls, man. Haven't they been through enough? Can you like can you feed them instead of like making them dance to your song in the middle of Venice Beach, please? It's very true. And just one last thing about him is in terms of how he manages artists and just artistry in general, like Kathy said, he, he thinks he's the best. So because he thinks he's the best, it's always very much my way or the highway. So a lot of his artists don't have enough freedom because it's always his way or get out sort of yeah. situation. And there are so many talented artists that have been at JYP Entertainment mm. that so many. have tried to mm. excel and show their colors, find their colors, and just, you know, hone their skills. And he is just so cutthroat and so decidedly against whatever they want to do. It's just disheartening. Like, especially, I will say, completely biased JB from God7 oh my you god know, like the most fucking amazing producer to come out of that company like the most talented prolific guy who can literally do anything everything mm -hmm. he literally told him so many times no on music that he wanted to make because it either sounded too foreign or whatever other shitty excuse that he could think of I think it's just like, uh, I don't even know what, what kind of complex it is, but like you just look at someone who's most, more successful than you are and you're just like, no, I'm going to break you down. That's what it gave. And actually, that is a great segue to our next topic about JYP Entertainment, and that is controversies and scandals with JYP Entertainment, the company. Yeah. One of the biggest things that fans 
have called out JYP for is the mistreatment of the boy groups that are under the label. And one of the reasons why fans think this is an issue is exactly what Kathy was saying. He doesn't want them to be more popular, more successful than himself, which makes no sense. He literally enjoys their demise. Like at some point when Miss A was still active, he actually put out a song and his song went number one and beat Miss A's song. And like in the company, he was saying like, oh, I'm worried or whatever. But on the outside, he was literally smiling because his song beat Miss A's from the top spot. So, yeah, I mean, like it's it's human to an extent. But at the same time, you're literally like the chief producer here and you're supposed to be pushing these groups and making them succeed. And right. you're going to put out music at the same time to compete with your groups like, no, it doesn't. The math is not mathing there. It doesn't make any sense at all, like at all. Again, when we were looking into this, it was also kind of hard to find scandals about the company. Most of the scandals were the mistreatment or the neglect of groups and solos artists. It wasn't anything super juicy juicy i guess compared to yg there really cannot be anything worse yeah this is child's um, play compared to all the tea from the yg episode honestly uh actually 2pm also had complained that jyp didn't let them do their own songs mm -hmm. even though a lot of the members have a very big musical background in terms of schooling and it was always just what jyp wanted mm -hmm. which is kind of sad because that just gives the same vibe every time i don't know it's limited it's like right. i i think for business owners in general in life the biggest mistake you can make is to think of yourself as a target audience every time mm -hmm. And just because something doesn't resonate with you or just because you think you know the market doesn't mean you should shut down ideas that people have, especially when they're younger, fresher, and they have a different perspective from yours. So I think that was him shooting himself in the foot multiple times over with what he did by shooting those groups down. And honestly, in terms of the Gox 7 discography, I really only like the songs and, and I, I like them without even knowing. I only really like the songs when the members actually had a say in the song like producing and the lyrics yeah and every time i'm like wow this song is great i always like to check like to see song credits and it's usually songs that for some weird reason jyp let them have some sort of freedom yeah so it's really a big shame another controversy or just kind of like this thing that jyp entertainment has had for years is a lot of artists have left the company under weird circumstances. There's been a couple of artists that have left saying personal reasons, but nobody ever finds out what the personal reasons are. Mm -hmm. And if you Google, if you Google JYP controversies, there is a lot of articles that just number all of the artists that left with that personal reason. Excuse. Reason. Huna which was actually part of JYP, and she was part of Wonder Girls for a little bit. Apparently, she left JYP because her parents were scared for her health, or so they say. Again, it was just kind of weird because she left JYP because of her health, but then joined Cube like a couple months later. So fans have always speculated that there was probably a little bit more going on there than what they said, but... Cube and JYP and Huna 
have all just kept that narrative that mm -hmm. it was because her parents were scared for her health. Another artist that I think was completely neglected was Jamie. Undoubtedly. She, she was the MC for that one show that's in after English. School, after School Club. Yeah, so Jamie came up through K-pop star, the survival show where they basically compete kind of like American Idol style. Mm -hmm. So that show had JYP and YG as judges. So when she won that show, she immediately got a contract with JYP. The runner up was Lehigh. She got a contract with YG. And both of them, for some reason, even though they're wildly talented and won that show for a reason, because their voices, like their talent is just mm -hmm. literally everything, were frustrated with their companies because they weren't putting out music. And Jamie flat out, because Jamie's also like not the typical Korean girl that won't say stuff. She's very Western in a way with how savage she is, which I love. And during a show, she literally was like, you see like JYP, are you listening? Like I'm a singer, let me put out an album. And like her co-hosts were trying to cover her and shield her from getting herself into trouble because that's not really something that is okay in South Korea. So she left JYP at the end of her contract once it was, once it came to an end. And then she signed with Warner Music, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then that yeah. contract ended early this year, I'm pretty sure. So they she parted ways. And I don't know if she's been signed to any other companies, but I think she's a little bit misguided musically. It's like she could she should just be doing ballads, but she wants to be wild and crazy and party girl. So, you know, she has to have her Christina stripped era before she gets to her ballad era. Huge disservice oh. to her and to her fans. Mm -hmm. This is a trigger warning about eating. So if you want to skip this section, we'll put the timestamp below to move to the next story. It has to do with Momo from Twice. She did a live with a couple of her members where she told uh, how she had to lose 15 pounds in a week in order to debut with Twice. And basically, she said that for that whole week, all she ate was ice and that was it. And even then, she used to spit out a lot, like spit a lot because she don't want to hold like water weight and at the end of the week, she still hadn't reached her goal of 15 pounds. So they gave her three more days and then she got to her goal, which like that's fucking ridiculous yeah. and, and disgusting. Like, yeah. And it's not just Momo. From what I've researched, JYP had, I don't know if it's still applicable, but they had weekly weigh-ins for all of their trainees, which is really disturbing when you realize that JYP has said that their preferred age for trainees is younger than 15 that way they can basically control them as they're growing up like their diets and stuff so the fact that they have to have weekly weigh-ins as preteens or like teenagers is really disgusting because yeah. children like children don't know anything and if you put them in these situations you're just putting them in a place where they're not going to love who they are and just they're gonna have body dysmorphia and right. an unhealthy relationship with food and weight and their physical appearance for the rest of their lives basically mm -hmm. which is not okay mm -hmm. uh, a jyp trainee that left the company um she didn't debut with the company at, uh, at all but basically she said that when she was a trainee they gave her slimming pills and 
slimming pills you're supposed to only take one a day or at least the one that she was taking you were supposed to only take one a day and they were giving her five so she says that like her heart was just about to burst from her body and that was one of the reasons she just left yeah. uh, as a trainee for JYP the last controversy that we have here left to cover on this section has to do with Jay Park when he left 2 p.m. We won't go into too much detail because that could be an episode in itself. But basically, Jay Park being from Seattle, being like an American kid, he had a really tough time adapting in South Korea. He came over to become an idol and it was really hard for him to adapt to society and like the the social norms in South Korea are very strict and conservative and that's not what he grew up around here in America so it was a lot of really harsh adaptation moments for him he ended up or some comments that he made on MySpace or other social formats back then platforms came up about his discontent with the culture and so he ended up going on a brief hiatus. He was the leader of 2PM. So this was a really big deal. He was chosen for that role because he was the oldest and also because the members agreed that he had the most experience and the most talent to hold that position. So he had been, I think this happened in like a two-year span. Like the group had been going on for about two years. They debuted in 2008 and the scandal happened around 2010. So he went on a brief hiatus and then left for America and decided to leave the group. And And he didn't leave JYP at first. It took a while for him to leave the company. And he just didn't want to hurt his members, which is why he decided to just leave the group and hoping that they were going to be able to succeed without the stain, quote unquote, of his comments. And then he ended up leaving the company later and him and JYP wrote emails to each other and they've been made public the comments that you know they've said and I think it just Jay Park just needed to grow up he's someone who is always gonna like run free like be wild and say what he wants to say at the time that was not gonna happen for a kid his age with his confidence and you know all the things that he had so that's how JYP lost Jay Park in early 2010s, which ended up working out just fine for Jay Park because then now he's three labels, a million successful songs and groups and collabs and shows, variety appearances, everything. So they're both fine. It worked out for both of them, but it was mm -hmm. definitely a controversy that they both had to get through at the time. Now, before we talk about the artists, I think it's important to cover how JYP Entertainment manages their business ventures which includes the musical acts, but JYP has been very smart and he is the literal king of don't put all your eggs in one basket. And it goes way beyond just music. So I'm going to be talking right now about three different kind of sections. One is the branches. Another one is the businesses and another one is the divisions, which I'll get into why each of them are named that way. So the branches you can think of as where they do business. So JYP has obviously his company, his building physically and registered, I guess, in South Korea. That's where he does the majority of his business out of. But he also has a separate branch called JYP Beijing, which is also known as JYP Entertainment China. And 
he kind of manages that branch completely independently and differently from how he manages South Korea. It was open in 2008 and it has two subsidiaries, Fanling Culture Media Limited and Beijing Shengsheng Entertainment Limited, which is a joint venture with another company called Tencent. So there's quite a bit of interesting stuff with the China branches, but again, they all I could really summarize it with is that they manage them very differently from how he manages Korea and even Japan. So then there's also JYP Entertainment USA, which was also established in 2008. And I think this is one of those things where he preemptively established labels and branches abroad for when he needed them. He wasn't necessarily using them to like, let's say debut an artist in the US, but it also helped with like merch or any operations with tours and stuff like that that had to run here. He actually did have a run in when Rain, uh, he's Rain is a really big artist. If you don't know about Rain, he's literally like the king of the beginning of K-pop, like the original idol that every idol modeled his idol life after. Rain was signed to JYP and at some point had a concert out here in North America that ended up being canceled and they were being sued. I think all of these kind of holdings helped with managing those situations. He also has JYP Entertainment Japan, which is the obviously Japanese division of JYP. It was established in 2009. And right now that is the company that runs arguably one of the most popular J-pop groups called Niju. Oh. So they're kind of like the twice of Japan. There's nine girls too. So they're super, super successful, especially among like teenage girls. That's their core demographic. And then he also has JYP Entertainment Hong Kong Limited, which is the Hong Kong division, which was established most recently in 2017. So those are, again, the branches, which means where he does business. Now, what type of business does he do, actually? That's the second section of this little debrief on JYP not putting all his eggs in one basket. So first of all, he has a JYP Publishing Corporation, which is an affiliated company of JYP founded in February 2008, which houses the record producers and songwriters under the label. The first one is him. His like name for producer is JY Park, quotation mark, the Asian soul. So he's he's the first one who gets paid front and center. <laughs> Uh, right there the, under the JYP Publishing Corporation. And there's a bunch of other people that I'm not really very familiar with. And all the choreographers also that work under JYP are also under the subsidiary. The only one that I'm familiar with, well, there's two. Leah Kim is one, someone that I'm uh, familiar with in Korea. And then there's a New Zealand choreographer that works with all of the companies, Kyle Tutin. He's actually paid for from under the JYP Publishing branch really? he works he works a lot with like yg also he's he's he did blackpink's coachella set and he is does musical directions for a lot of groups but yeah he's also working with jyp under that specific branch wow i had no idea according to my girl wikipedia if it's not true don't sue me please allegedly aside from the publishing corporation this section was the most interesting to me because he also has jyp foods inc which was founded in 2010. He has two different like restaurants, I guess. One's called Studio J Bar. Studio J is named after one of the divisions of JYP Entertainment where he has like actual musicians. So Studio J Bar was created on June 2nd, 2016 as a collaboration between JYP and Y1975, which is a well-known bar in the Chungnam district. 
The other one is called The Street, which is a brunch cafe, and it has two franchises. The main one is located nearby the JYP Entertainment office building, and the other one's in Itaewon. And what is said about them is that what happens there the most, aside from, like, regular smegular people, is that they do a lot of business meetings or, you know, interviews and stuff at those cafes. So if you hear about The Street in South Korea, that you know that it's owned by JYP, and if you're spending your money there, it's going into his pockets. If you care to know. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, there is JYP actors because we all know that Korean entertainment is not just about the music, but about the K-drama and K-movies, honey. So JYP Mm -hmm. actors was the company's acting division, which was founded in 2011 and was led by JYP vice president, Pyo Jong-rok. As of September 1st, 2019, though, unfortunately, and I I mean, to JYP's pain and demise, I want to say, JYP actors became <laughs> defunct with his actors moving into a new startup company established by Pyo Jong-ro called NPO Entertainment. I think that's how it's pronounced. And I say much to JYP's pain because when Laura and I were doing the research, I was like, dude, Parasite literally came out in 2019 and he lost Ushik right before Parasite came out. Like it has to hurt him. It has to hurt him that he wasn't in his company anymore. Ugh. Anyway. And then there's also JYP Pictures, which is the company's film and TV drama production division that was founded in March 2011, along with other subsidiaries. Are these the people that produce Dream High? Yes. Of course they are. Yes, it is. Yeah, of course they are. Uh, So there's two subsidiaries under JYP Pictures. One is JYP Pictures Korea, which became defunct in 2019. And then there's JYP Pictures in China, which is, was established in 2014 and, and is still going, presumably by the fact that it's not defunct. Again, China runs in a different section or style than Korea. So, Are there artists that are popular in China that are with JYP China? There were two that I could find. I don't know anything about these people, but I just know that they are signed to JYP China. They are Boy Story and Yao Chen. So then... the the interesting part that I, the reason why I started researching this part in particular is the divisions. So if you are a fan of any JYP group and not just a casual fan, but like a hardcore stan, you will probably know if you hear terms like division one, division two, division three, whatever division four, because JYP has a structure in place where basically all their groups have their own mini management company inside of JYP that does everything for them. Everything the artist needs is managed by their little mini label. And those are called divisions. So that basically everyone that had to work with one specific group was in one place and Mm -hmm. knew all the things. I think, I think that's a pretty smart tactic just to avoid silos and having people in different like areas working with one thing, but they don't have all the information kind of, kind of situation. So okay, okay. these these labels divide and conquer the work, basically. Mm-hmm. So Division 1 manages 2PM, Stray Kids, and Niju, which pretty important division and pretty important work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Division 2 is solely dedicated to ITZY. Division 3 manages TWICE and JYP, the artist, the man, the myth, the legend, all the things. And then there's Division 4, which is also called Squad, and the A is replaced by a 4, which was established in 2021 exclusively for the girl group NMIX. It's managed under E. G. Young, which is the company's first female CEO. And it's rumored to only have nine staff members, which is crazy. For a whole for, group? For a whole group, yeah. And NMIX, has, NMIX debuted with seven members, but they lost one in the same year they debuted. Now they have six. So I think 
that's a pretty insane ratio of employees to groups when it comes to a big three group that is launched to kind of take over. So that's wild. And then, as I mentioned earlier, they have the, the Studio J restaurant that's named after this division. So they do have a division called Studio J, which is where Day 6, all the members of Day 6 and their subunit, even of Day, are based out of and also Xenary Heroes are all in that division. So this is kind of like the musician rocker mm, division in Studio J. So what I think is interesting about this is like, for example, if there are a couple of compilation videos on YouTube of like Bangchan being mad during a live because things are going wrong or just like in general, like looking at someone angrily behind the camera. And fans don't typically say like, oh, fuck, JYP is fucking up or whatever. They'll say, oh, Division 1 is fucking up, which is why I say that if you're a, a very casual listener, you probably don't know about the Divisions. But if you're like a, a stan, if you're a hardcore stan, you know about them and you know to blame them. That's how that's how I know that like, <laughs> you know, this is a real tea. So the Divisions are a big deal in the fandom lore and now you know that if something goes wrong with twice or stray kids or itsy or whomever they have their own divisions that you can go curse out on twitter i mean you can also curse out jyp as a company like it's okay of course but it's It's kind of like it feels like the message goes more direct to the person who is at fault you know (laughs) it has to hurt them more if if i was in the division and i saw someone being like fuck jyp for doing this i'd be like yeah whatever but if they said like fuck division two i'd be like girl you don't know how hard i worked i don't know like you don't you don't know what you're talking about personal so exactly it's more it's much more personal it's much more of a direct attack so so yeah that's a little presentation on jyp branches businesses and divisions very very interesting business structure that he has cultivated uh in the past decade and a half i think jyp foods was the most surprising to me because it came out of left field (laughs) it also shocked me i had never heard about it i mean it makes sense because again also going back to referencing the yg episode he also has restaurants that he well nightclubs that he's parading as restaurants difference (laughs) little different story (laughs) but yeah so it makes sense that they go into different fields so they can make money and obviously fans probably are like oh i want to go to studio j or the 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 street and see if i run into bangtan or whatever i guess yeah i wonder if the cafe inside of jyp the building (laughs) is part of like jyp foods inc i don't know and i feel like isn't that cafe like barren don't they only have like chicken and eggs basically for people there was an episode in kingdom where um minhyuk from b2b Mm. hong jun and who else was Bang it? Chan that was... and Changbin. It was uh, the rap units of, of the right. Yeah, yeah, Went yeah. to the JYP building, and Minghyuk and Hong Jun were pretty impressed by the cafe. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, didn't register. If they were impressed. I mean, coming from the B two B company is <laughs> not hard to say. be impressed. And KQ is <laughs> small, or are they? Stay tuned Ooh. for our next, <laughs> not next, but the last episode of these series. <laughs> KQ is not going to have something that big, so yeah, of course they're going to be impressed. No, I'm yeah, just but... kidding. I'm just I I know that there's all these rumors about what the artists can eat and cannot eat, especially you know the female idols. And I think I guess it's more controlled at the dorms, and there's more things in the mm. at the cafeteria. But they do have like uh like restrictions on what they can and can't eat. So I don't know I'm if sure. the cafe at the company is like super well stocked for all the needs. I thought it was like 
one of the things was that it was like a vegan or like a super healthy like cafe yes yes i think we read about this a while ago that jyp is super obsessive about healthy foods and giving his artists like the best of the best so all the stuff in his cafeteria at the building is organic and just literally the best food it's his obsession i I would want to try it (laughs) i mean yeah i'm not gonna say no to that one i don't want to see him like singing but i will try the good organic food yes sure (laughs) and well now now that we talked about all the divisions and all the businesses and stuff now we can talk about the recording artist so really quickly we'll go through the ones that are no longer there there's a lot there's a lot of people who have left jyp so we're not going to go over every single one of them we'll just go over a few notable subjects the very first artist that was signed to jyp was pearl in 1997 when the company opened and she left in 2000 and then god was signed to jyp from 2003 to 2005 some of the members i mean it says that they were around till 2006 i guess their contracts lasted a little bit longer than the group contract itself then rain as i mentioned earlier was signed to jyp from 2002 2007 rain started his own company that then like jyp kind of absorbed so they're both involved with each other because Rain kind of helped build the training process for JYP idols. And I think they're just both invested in each other's success. So, And that's a company that was actually publicly traded that JYP acquired gotcha. and did the backdoor sort of situation. Oh, like JTune or something like that? Makes sense. I think so, yeah. Then as Laura mentioned, the Wonder Girls were part of JYP including Hyuna for a hot second there. The Wonder Girls, if you guys listened to our episode on K-pop's 31st anniversary, which happened last month, we had guests from different podcasts weigh in on each generation's The Song. And for Gen 2, our friend at CCTV Pops deemed that Wonder Girls had gen 2's the song mm-hmm. even though they were the wonder girls were assigned to jyp till 2017 a couple of them stayed a little bit longer till 2020 they were still signed to jyp and the wonder and- girls were actually one of the groups i mean we covered this before but it was yeah. one of the groups that let jyp look towards international i mean came up in general right no that's true you're right up in general the wonder oh. girls kind of where became a standard in many ways and they were the ones that toured with the jonas brothers right so yeah they were Mm -hmm. opening for them so wonder girls open a lot of doors for k-pop to be known internationally so Mm -hmm. another notable is 2pm 2pm is still technically under jyp but three of the members well two of the current members and one old member past member aren't with jyp kathy mentioned jp Park earlier. Another one is Taekyon. He departed JYP allegedly because he wanted to have a little bit more control of where his career was going. He wanted to separate or focus more on becoming an actor and being a good actor and getting more acting jobs rather than in music. And if you see his career since he left JYP it has been mostly focused on acting and it's worth mentioning aside from his agency in Korea late last year in 2022 he was signed to a U.S. agency as well 
which is great because Tech grew up in Boston. He speaks English perfectly, so he can get a lot of work out here, especially with how hot K-pop is. So we're crossing our fingers for some really good projects coming his way in the acting realm soon, hopefully. And he's delicious. So He is delicious. Oh, actually, you could say he has maybe put in his first little toe mm. with uh, being, I think it was like a cameo in Exo Kitty. I think oh, it's true. the name of the Netflix show. True, so, true, true. Yeah. yeah, he's already dipping his fingers. Look at, his look toe. at, look at God. Look at Netflix. Look at that. We've mentioned Miss A throughout, and Miss A, for all intents and purposes, was JYP's favorite group because of Susie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Susie was his favorite idol Sucks. or his favorite right favorite um, human for all we know like it seems yeah. because he, he really yeah. when we say obsessed we're not kidding this might mm-hmm. be his biggest controversy if it came out really actually probably yeah yeah um at one point the group became known as Susie and friends because he only really paid attention to Susie And Susie left JYP in 2019. She says that it's basically for the same reason as Taekyung, where she wanted to focus more on acting rather than being an idol, which if you've seen Dream High or any of her other series, that might have been a questionable choice. But I mean, she's popular, so good for her. (laughs) I want that confidence. (laughs) <laughs> I want that confidence. Yeah. If you might have, you may see clips as well of maybe God Seven saying how, like, when they meet JYP and they're like excited, you know, when they're young, like, oh my God, so many and whatever, like, excited. And he's like, hey, yeah, sure, whatever. But when Susie walks in, he's like a ball of light and joy and excitement. So, yeah, it, it was very obvious that he lived for Susie, like lived, probably still does. Probably, honestly. Another notable group, God7. We love God7. We do. We really They were there for seven whole years. Mm. And they lived through it. Actually, JB and Jingyong were there for more like they finally left in 2021 and it was like this whole thing because they all left to different companies but they claimed that they were going to stay together everyone was like no we trust you guys and they actually didn't let us down they did drop a whole mini album together after they all left and are in different companies yeah and so that was really cool i think agase was very happy when this happened because one of their biggest things have always been that JYP has mistreated GOT7 like a lot so no and they made history they're the first group to successfully leave a company together go to all different companies work out their schedules to put out an album for us it only took them a year and a half which I don't think was easy at all considering that all of them were doing solo projects and yeah you know Jackson Wang was like in the middle of making his own like empire in China so yeah and uh, it's a little bit different here because based on what we've learned, JB and the group as a whole was actually able to get the GOT7 Pants, trademark. like Everything, yeah. Everything from JYP. So either he was like, sorry for fucking up for seven years, here you go. Or 
I, I, I don't really know how else they could do it without having some crazy battle because we didn't hear about any crazy battle, but no. somehow they were able to retain the rights to the group, which is within everything that I love to talk shit about JYP. It seems like a good chunk of the people who leave JYP entertainment remain on good terms with him. Mm. Like no one of, uh, you know, aside from mentioning the health reasons or the personal like reasons or so, stuff like that, no one really like talks shit like about JYP's treatment or the company or anything. And like Bam Bam recently was saying like he, you know, drinks with JYP or he still is friends with him. So I'm not going to say there's no hard feelings because there probably is, especially mm. from maybe, you know, if I were JV, I would have hard feelings because of all the work that I tried to do that he didn't let me do. But at the same time, like you said, I guess at the very end, he wanted to do right by them and he gave them the rights to almost everything except like their logo and their accounts that it was kind of sucky that they didn't, they weren't able to keep their social media accounts. So, but everything else, all their music, they got the rights to all their music, which we know how contested it is to get, mm. you know, your masters and all those things. Like it's impossible here in the West. So yeah, good for them. And then uh, we also mentioned G-Soul earlier in the episode. He's a solo artist. I think he's one of the artists with the longest training period in the history of K-pop of like 15 years, I think it is. Mm. Uh, he was part of JYP for about two years, left in 2017, and he's been bouncing from, from company label. to company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then for the most part, all of the other groups have just kind of lost a member here and there, most mm -hmm. notably Stray Kids and Nmix recently so yeah and uh day six with jay so and day six with jay. yeah john saw me also she left to yg so now that we shared all of the come and gone groups and artists that went through the jyp system oh also i want i remember doing like thinking about this during the research you know how when we were doing the yg episode we we're saying how like yg settled on yg family and then no one else was, was able to use yg family and then like sm has sm town so jyp yeah. has jyp nation like they all have their cute little like this is the word that we're coming to market with so i that's a random side note that i just wanted to mention because <laughs> this is jyp nation today okay so we have 2pm that debuted again in 2008 and aside from the fact that a couple of the members are not signed to JYP anymore, the group is still active or at least not disbanded. So stay tuned for their next musical activities at some point, I guess, hopefully. Then there's Twice. They debuted in 2015 and currently in the middle of a world tour very successfully. They did a bunch of domes in Japan, like they're they're we're doing in Australia recently. They're coming to the U.S. next month, I think. But yeah, twice is it. And then we arrive at Stray Kids, which I think we want to stay here for just a little bit. We did do an episode on Stray Kids last year, but we just want to talk about them with a little bit of an update. If you are watching the episode, Laura's background this week is dedicated to her fave in Stray Kids, Hyunjin. I mean, fave in Stray Kids and fave in general in life. Mm -hmm really that's, that's true. I, I think i think laura at this point has an alt line and i would say i think <laughs> yes, Hyunjin, I, <laughs> I think hyunjin's part of the alt line i'm pretty sure so oh, yeah that's true stray kids 
debuted in 2018. They just made their fifth anniversary. So Stray Kids is five for all our states <laughs> that are listening right now. <laughs> oh. They're five. And um, Bangtan, who is the leader of Stray Kids, was a trainee for seven years before debuting. He actually trained with GOT7, so he could have been in GOT7 and it would have been GOT8, but no, nope, it, <laughs> it was GOT7. And Bangtan had to wait for another cycle. And I think the reason why I wanted to stay here for a little bit is because I think it's so interesting the way that Stray Kids is, was formed. Mm-hmm. From what we know in general, it's a very unique group where Bangtan, who is said to be JYP's son because of the amount of trust that this man has placed on him. <laughs> but Bangtan literally like told him which members he wanted, which trainees he wanted, and he formed the group himself. And it's a it's like they take self-production to a whole new level. I don't think any other group, again, no one else has put themselves together. It was it was put together by the company maybe it was put around like one person mm-hmm. but none have done it in the way that joey unless joyp lied to us and he just wants us to believe this story that didn't happen but i mean it looks pretty real <laughs> from the outside so yeah bangchan is joyp's Ill- illegitimate son that <laughs> can do absolutely no wrong and put together the stray kids so self-managed af they are OT8, and that's that on that. They 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 <laughs> lost a member, but did they lose anything? I don't think so. And mm. I yeah, good thing. The really good thing about them is that it happened so early in their career that we almost don't even remember he was around. And from the content I saw of that time, it did seem like there were some rough energies at play between him and a few members. So it just seems like it was for the best. And now it feels like there's just so much harmony and perfection and they all love each other and appreciate each other and work perfectly on stage. Even though having an even number of members makes it really hard for choreo to Mm. look symmetric and to have someone kind of take the spotlight while the rest of the formation is symmetric. So Mm. anyway, OT8. I think for other groups that have lost members, it has been this very traumatic experience. Difficult, tumultuous. Yeah. Where you can tell they still miss that member. For example, it comes to my head, Monster, Monster X, X with 100%. Wono, Wono. You can tell like they miss and you can feel that they miss like And not this just them, person. but the fans. The fans right. also, I mean, some are some are stupid and don't like, yeah. you know, or wish them good riddance or whatever, but the fans also are very involved in the OT seven agenda for Monster X. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, this is not the case for stray kids. Mm -hmm. No, not even a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, Woojin still has his fans and he went solo. He's doing his career and he's doing his his tours and stuff. So he does have his support and his fan base, which, you know, cool. Great. I think true. I think with stray kids, JYP wanted to do the opposite of what he did with God 7. And literally like if you look at stray kids albums and go to song credits because i fucking love doing that mm. it's mostly just three racha everywhere and then like if you don't if you don't know three yeah. racha are bangchan han and changbin as a combination subunit they kind of debuted before stray kids they put out music on their own and they're the produ- production arm of stray kids so everything right. that they do goes through them which is again what we're saying they're self-produced and yeah they have help engineers other producers that get involved but uh, their music is very them 
very you can tell it's a stray kid song no. but not in like an annoying way where everything sounds the same at least for now they've been able to really show a different side each time even though it's just them three coming right. up with these songs yeah so. i mean they have they have a pretty varied interest range to pull mm. from i think that's true and again they do work with other engineers and producers that jyp makes available to them but it's really admirable how diverse their music discography is considering mm. that everything is born from their three brains for the most right. part and since we're talking about stray kids we just want to touch lightly on Hyunjin. <laughs> Hyunjin was involved in a bullying scandal in early 2021 and it hurt my heart a lot. I would check to see if there was news about him literally every day. <laughs> and it was kind of, I mean, to me, it was kind of interesting how JYP managed that scandal because as soon as the scandal was found out, they kind of put him in a hiatus, but they didn't do, I guess, what other companies has, have done where they bring him back with like a meek in like just apologetic trying to have... image right like when he came back it was with a gorgeous dance solo that was basically like I'm back bitches and I was so happy yeah but that to me was interesting like they didn't really go out of their way to make him apologize or change who he was yeah sort of and it was a really hard hiatus because other groups maybe would have had the opportunity to like, let's say, even if it was during a comeback, for example, they'd be doing promotions for two weeks and then they'd be fine and he would be able to be gone until the next comeback. Right. But they were in the middle of being in a survival show called Kingdom against other groups where no one got eliminated and they kept having to be shown on TV every week and they had a lot of performances. So it was very obvious that Hyunjin wasn't there. The fans mm. were going through it. The group was going through it. So it was a rough time. He was on hiatus for four months. And again, when he came back, Laura was so like happy and obsessed. And she was like, yes, Hyunjin, let them bitches have it. So <laughs> she, she really was very excited that they didn't I make was. him out to be this like apologetic sheep who came back the prodigal son like no it was like no. hey hey i'm still fabulous i've been fabulous now i'm mm -hmm. even more fabulous eat it hoes you know right because i learned my lesson and that's it i i i really like that okay so now that we're in our girl group era <laughs> we've actually paid attention to this group of itsy they debuted in 2019. I think ITZY has been a really interesting group to me, musically. I think we've talked about this, how they debuted and for the first couple of years, I guess you could say, yeah. their songs were very powerful and very mm -hmm. different from your typical girl group sound. And then something happened in 2022 where that all changed. <laughs> Yeah, we, we did mention it briefly in our girl group era episode. I think that was the first episode of the season, season three, mm -hmm. because it's really unfortunate. Itzy for us was like the second group that we got into after Mama Moon. Right. And with, yeah, with songs like Mafia, Wannabe, Loco, they had a really distinct message and sound and strong, mm -hmm. like, you know, it wasn't bubblegum pop, which is what we didn't like from k-pop yeah. at the beginning and still is not really like what calls to us 
So they were really standing out, but then they put their sneakers on and <laughs> turned us off all the way with that. And and let's be clear, we know that that's not their choices. That's where right. JYP is pushing them. Right. And and yeah, we're not happy with the musical direction that ITZY has been pushed in as of the past know. year. We Did hope they go back ass. to being like bad bitches. 100%. And then JYP also manages a couple of 2PM members as soloist. And like we mentioned before, Take Young left because he wanted to focus on acting. These 2PM members that are still within JYP or managed by JYP are idols who act, not actors who sing. So I think that's why they decided to stay with JYP. And that's Young, Junke. Juno and Nikon. Yeah, I mispronounced every I single think, name. I'm sorry. I don't think Woo Young acted ever again after Dream High, right? So No, he didn't. So he's just a singer. Right. He or JYP also manages Nayong, her solo career. She just debuted as a soloist last year. And her album was cute. It was really cute. You know what I was thinking about when that happened? I was very surprised mm. when I kept hearing that she was the first to go solo out of the group mm. like they've been in jyp for seven years and none of them have made music on their own which is, is a little true. cuckoo to me that it took them this long to have a solo project well one of the things that netizens complain about is jyp overworking twice mm. they at one point had a comeback like literally every three months or so mm. i'm exaggerating on the time frame but it was very yeah. like one after the other so i just don't think they had enough time they don't have the to be able to, to do solo work yeah. because they, it was literally like one comeback after another after another after another and there was i read a couple of articles where like fans were like jyp give him a break they deserve it but he never did <laughs> i mean it, it still feels like it's very much that's still happening mm -hmm. like they're pretty they're yeah. last year it was kind of spaced out like it was twice come back, Nyan come back, twice come back. Yeah. And they've now are on tour. So I'm, and mm -hmm. I'm sure they're working through this tour to produce new music because right. that's how it works in K-pop. So, right. yeah, that's unfortunate. I hope that if, if the rest of the girls want to make their own music, I hope that they have the time to, and are allowed to, and are given the right tools to make good music. So, because mm -hmm. Nyan's debut was really good. I it was think. very cute. Yeah. Very cute. My nieces knew about pop really before i started like before i even showed it to them That's i was so in the car trying to like indoctrinate them into k-pop and like i put pop because i was like oh no they're gonna love this and all of a sudden my niece is doing the choreo and i'm like excuse me <laughs> like so cute. oh you know youtube shorts so there it is mm. youtube shorts look at that that's how we're gonna get to the kids in the west i love that <laughs> yep <laughs> i love it and then they have two bands or there are two bands under JYP and their sub-labels, Day6 and... Extenary Heroes. Okay, so when Extenary Heroes came out, I was like, Kathy, they're trying to replace Day6. <laughs> it was so painfully obvious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if, mean, if you don't know, because I I didn't know this, yeah. like, when, when I... When Laura and I got into K-pop and when Laura started sending me content, we liked Jay at the time, Ej. He's a member of, or wasn't, I don't even know anymore what, I don't think he's a member of Day6 anymore, no. No, he's not. He's not. The thing with Day6 is that they're uh, not really K-pop, but let's pretend that they're a K-pop group mm -hmm. who 
are their own band. They all play instruments. They're very talented. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't heard of them, but if you have heard of Stray Kids, Sungmin in the building is here to scream about Day6. He loves Day6. So if you if you like Stray Kids, you've probably heard about Day6. But yeah, so the, I don't think it's a shtick, but just like the unique aspect of Day6 mm -hmm. was that they were a band and that they play their own music. They play their own instruments. And once the band had all the controversies because of age and because and and also not just that but members started enlisting so they weren't really around to be a full band mm -hmm. jyp said we need version 2.0 and they came with Xenary heroes i think their music is very different i don't i haven't listened to a lot of it but i think Xenary heroes you know even just from like their concept like the, the fandom are villains and their mm -hmm. heroes and the the debut song was happy death day like the messages the messages that Xenary heroes is coming out with and the music is a lot more like strong punk rock like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know that kind of vibe while day six is more Same soft five-ish maroon five-ish five is a really good comparison yes and then Xenary heroes sort of like a, a five seconds of summer good charlie type of situation sure they debuted in december of 2021 and they just had their second comeback right mm -hmm. now. And I think one of the members is not on hiatus, but uh, just like on leave for medical reasons. So he wasn't able to be like in the music video and people were like bitching on JYP that they should have waited until he felt better to be in the music video comeback and stuff like that. So anyway, another day, another health reason, idol drama, JYP. What's new? And then finally, and mix. Which to me is such an interesting, interesting group, honestly. I don't I, think it makes sense. I don't understand the concepts of NMIX. I, I think it was Rush, to be honest with you. I think yeah. Lily, so Lily is the eldest member and she was also, I think, the longest trainee at JYP for the girls. She has been in the company for years and years and years. She is supremely talented but to me, and I don't want anyone in the NMIX like fandom to take this the wrong way, but it's just for someone as an outsider. I'm not a stan. I'm not a right. hardcore watcher of NMIX content. I just see like the title tracks and their appearances. Mm -hmm. It just feels like it's Lily with a bunch of backup singers and dancers. It doesn't really seem like even their social media presence, like everything is kind of circles around Lily. Like Lily is the center of the universe of NMIX. And mm -hmm. NMIX also had a lot of controversies when they first debuted, mainly because their, was it their debut song, the the music video? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Took a lot from like 80s concept of like the pirates and the flying ships and whatever. So they also had their share of controversial start, which they say no press is bad press. So I guess, you know, it's fine because they got the views either way. But yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the, the, the NMIX concept it feels like it's all thrown behind this one really talented girl and mm -hmm. the rest of the members are not really shining as much as she is mm -hmm. so it is very confusing and just like as a person who follows their Instagram just I I, I really enjoy Lily's voice mm -hmm. so sometimes like I look for her voice I have noticed that she did a really big 180 in terms of how she looks mm -hmm. and I hope it was something that she wanted to do and not something that the company pressured her into doing mm. so hopefully yeah yeah 
we'll see what happens with them uh it doesn't really feel like they have a color just yet and at the mm -hmm. same time i feel like because they came out at this around the same time as like kepler i espa like there's a lot of competition with these girl groups right now and it's just interesting so we'll see what happens yeah. with them but yeah I, i don't see a strong glue in the group right now like mm -hmm. a, a strong common anything yeah agreed and then again as i mentioned earlier for japan they have niju which jyp japan co-manages co with sony music japan and they are arguably the biggest girl group in j-pop right now and then like we mentioned jyp lost all of their actors when they sold their division and notably wushik was part of their actor division roster. before roster mm -hmm. thank you and now he's not <laughs> yeah if, if you guys listen to us at all ever uh talk about dramas i don't watch k-dramas just because i already lose my hold like 24 7 to k-pop so if i start watching k-dramas i will not have a job so i can support my seven korean but boyfriends husbands whatever they are and it's not seven at this point it's like 150 so <laughs> say so i really don't watch k dramas and i don't know any of these names but it sounds like jyp missed out on quite a bit of money from that division but, of actors being sold i guess in that same way they just kind of focused on what they were good at which was music sure i mean because if you saw dream high or jyp the person act yeah that wasn't it it wasn't it at all nope he had no business no business acting <laughs> at all at all they well, I mean, i'm sure matched. they bought him out for a good amount of money like the vp that was leading this yeah. thing i'm sure they bought him out for a good amount and he's fine and then there's mean hyori which Hyori's? is actually taeyang's from oh that's right. his, his wife. wife his model they actress wife. her too for a couple of years there three years Interesting. so that's a pretty big name too i'd say very much so and i think with that we can close our chapter on jyp yeah we are going on this adventure to try to figure out at the end of the day which k-pop label is the worst k-pop label so i think jyp right now is chilling and sleeping on their laurels living their best lives because of all the controversy that yg and sm and hybe have been involved in jyp yeah. has not been in the news and they're so fine with that they are just like, yeah, yeah, all you guys keep fighting each other. We're just going to be here producing music and doing comebacks and filming videos on Han River to, you know, blow people's minds with Stray Kids when they come back and seeing our stocks go up. And I think at the end of the series, we should also pick a company that we, like if we were idols, we'd want to debut. Ooh, I like that idea. Yes. I mean, we only have two now, but I'm pretty sure that out of the two that we've just talked about, I'd pick JYP. We're still missing a lot. Yeah. But for right now, that's a this is a pick your poison situation. How do you want to die? By sword <laughs> or by or by guillotine? Which one's faster? <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not ready to say that. I'm not ready to pick either of these two because I have such strong negative feelings about both of them. <laughs> so I'm just not going to debut for now is what I'm going <laughs> to say. <laughs> but yeah, so you guys let us know your thoughts, please. Now that we have covered two of these companies, stay tuned. In conclusion, stand, stand straight kids. Yes.
and uh, clear your calendars for June 2nd because it's going to be a great fucking comeback. I can feel it in my bones. Look at him. He's so perfect. Have you ever Look seen at me. someone with pink hair? I am rocking my Dweki gym shirt. Thank you, Ashley's persona, for making this shirt. And for Love and Stan Changman, please make me toxic. Thank you. He's perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching and listening yeah and see you next week thank you so much for listening to this episode of the mia2k podcast we have lots of great content coming up ahead so please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts and spotify and if you enjoyed our episodes please rate us five stars and for the real-time tea follow us on instagram twitter tiktok and facebook by searching for at mia2k podcast dale bye